0: All right, Wrestling with Theology fans, it is Thursday, July 28th. So that means we are digging deeper into the Psalms. This week, looking at Psalms 113, 114, and 115. These are great Psalms leading up to the core Psalms, we could call them, 116, 118, 119. These kind of form the core of the book of Psalms. And even in the arrangement of the books of the Bible and the chapter divisions, we have Psalm 118. Why would we consider that a core one? Because it is the middle chapter in the Bible. There are an equal number of chapters before it, equal number of chapters after it. There's a reason for that, and we'll get into that in a couple of weeks. But this week... We're looking at some of the shorter ones leading up to it. So let's go into Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. So far, Psalm 113. We have some great pictures here in these few nine verses. But we see this come out to us, especially in verse 3. If you use the service of prayer and preaching in the Lutheran service book, you see this verse being used as an antiphon for the opening responsory in that service. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Where is a place that is not to have the name of the Lord praised? Well, it doesn't exist where the sun shines. Anywhere the sun touches, that is a place where the name of the Lord is to be praised. Which is why, for all of the church's history, we have sought to go out to every nation and person on earth to deliver the good news of the gospel. Why? Because the name of the Lord needs to be praised from the rising of the sun to its setting. And again, the question, why? Well, the psalmist asks that question in verse 5. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? Who is this God, this Lord that we are have his name praised in all the earth? Oh, he raises the poor from the dust, lifts the needy from the ash heap, to make them sit with princes, reminding us that no matter what our title might be in this world, we are all the same in the eyes of god we are all on one level with god because yes the poorest of the poor he may raise up to become one of the richest of the rich we see that in joseph a poor slave brought up to be the vice regent of the kingdom of egypt he gives the barren woman a home making her the joyous mother of children And we have this again and again with Sarah, with Rebecca, with Hannah, Samuel's mother, with Elizabeth, John the Baptizer's mother, Uh, Samson's mother as well, I believe, was barren before his birth. All of these women that God blesses after their period of barrenness with children. Now, no, that doesn't mean it always happens. But the blessing of God is there for those who see it. And even the blessing of being a barren woman can be a blessing. Because that then gives you the opportunity to maybe do foster care, adoption, or just be an aunt for your siblings' uh, children or friends' children. Just to be that fun aunt that everyone wants to be around. That's also could be a blessing, because it would be things that you there might be things that you could not do if you had your own children. But again, kids like to have other kids to play with, so that gets derailing on a sidetrack, so I'll stop that real quick. And we'll move into Psalm 114, another short psalm, but one with great message. When Israel went out from Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled. Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you flee? O Jordan, that you turn back? O mountains, that you skip like rams? O hills like lambs? Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turns the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a spring of water. So far, Psalm 114. Going back to the exodus from Egypt, the psalmist talks about the great wonders of our God, possibly continuing the question from Psalm 113. But when he leaves Egypt, Judah becomes a sanctuary. Jerusalem is where the temple of God would be, where the place where God calls his people together is. The sea looked back and fled. The Red Sea parted so that Israel could cross on dry land, but came back together to destroy Pharaoh's army. Jordan turned back. As Joshua led the people of Israel into the promised land, yes, as soon as the priest holding the Ark of the Covenant stepped into the water... The waters rushed back so that the people of Israel could cross on dry ground once again. The mountains and hills skipping like rams and lambs. The armies of the nations around as God sent forth his hornets as he promises to both Moses and to Joshua to drive out the nations in front of them. Nations much stronger and greater in number than the Israelites. But God sends them into that promised land to eradicate those. Why? Because this is the promised land. This is the land that God had promised to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob for all of their descendants as an eternal inheritance. So all those who are living in that land against the will of God, purposely striving against his will as well, Tremble at his presence as he comes in to reclaim what he has promised to his people. Because this is also the God who turns a rock into a pool of water. As the Israelites, twice in the wilderness, complain about not having water to drink, God bringing water from the rock. This is all about God's providence. All about who is like our God? No one, because no other God takes care of his people like our God does. And therefore, we turn to Psalm 115, which tells us to give glory to his name, kind of finalizing what was started in 113 about praising the name of the Lord. Here again, we go to praising the name of the Lord and giving him glory. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory, for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak, eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear, noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel, feet, but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both the small and the great. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. So far, Psalm 115. Not to us, but to your name give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. The things that make you the God of all gods. The one true God who rules from the heavens and looks down below on the earth. Who is the maker of everything. Because then we go into the idols that are all over the place in Israel. Whether it's the northern kingdom of Israel or the southern kingdom of Judah, there were idols all over the place. As you look through the books of the kings and their reigns, you see that the high places are still there. The statues of Baal, the Asherah poles, all of those things are still there. On occasion, like Hezekiah will break them down, will burn them, but people will build them back up again because they want something that they can see. But what is it? We look again at verses 4 through 8. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. We have this again in Isaiah's prophecy in chapter 44, beginning in verse 9. All who fashion idols are nothing, and the things they delight in do not profit. Their witnesses neither see nor know that they may be put to shame. Who fashions a god or casts an idol that is profitable for nothing? Behold, all his companions shall be put to shame, and the craftsmen are only human. Let them all assemble, let them stand forth. They shall be terrified, they shall be put to shame together. The ironsmith takes a cutting tool and works it over the coals. He fashions it with hammers and works it with his strong arm. He becomes hungry and his strength fails. He drinks no water and is faint. The carpenter stretches a line. He marks it out with a pencil. He shapes it with planes and marks it with a compass. He shapes it into a figure of a man with the beauty of a man to dwell in a house. He cuts down cedars or he chooses a cypress tree or an oak and lets it grow strong among the trees of the forest. He plants a cedar and the rain nourishes it. Then it becomes fuel for a man. He takes part of it and warms himself. He kindles a fire and breaks bread and bakes bread. Also, he makes a god and worships it. He makes it an idol and falls down before it. Half of it he burns in the fire. Over the half he eats meat. He roasts it and is satisfied. Also, he warms himself and says, Aha, I am warm. I have seen the fire." And the rest of it he makes into a god, his idol, and falls down to it and worships it. He prays to it and says, Deliver me, for you are my God. They know not, nor do they discern, for he has shut their eyes, so that they cannot see, and their hearts so they cannot understand. No one considers, nor is there knowledge or discernment to say, Half of it I burned in the fire. I also baked bread on its coals. I roasted meat and have eaten. And shall I make the rest of it an abomination? Shall I fall down before a block of wood? He feeds on ashes. A deluded heart has led him astray. And he cannot deliver himself or say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? Isaiah says it very bluntly. You take half of a tree and you make it into firewood, and the other half you fashion into an idol, and bow down and call it your God. What is the point? Why are you falling down to something that you created? Because truly the creator must be greater than the creation. Because it was in the mind of the creator that the creation came forth. And that's exactly what God says throughout the scriptures. It is the mind of God that created everything we see. That fashioned it just so. That gave it such the diversity that it has. And yet people would rather fall down to the creation than the creator. Why? Honestly, because people prefer to have something they can see. They want something that is tangible, that they can hold in their hands, they can see with their eyes. Which is why it is great to have crosses and crucifixes in front of our churches. That as the people are worshiping, facing the altar, listening to the sermon, they can see the cross right there. Because that is what we need to see. Yes, those crosses have been fashioned by men, but they have been blessed by the Lord who hung on them. All right, that's it for this week. I am Pastor Doug Minton, thanking you for being here to dig deeper into the Psalms this morning. Asking you to be here next time as we continue to get into the heart of the Psalms. And then by the end of the month, we will be in to the longest Psalm, the longest chapter in the entire Bible, Psalm 119, all about the Word of God. So I encourage you to continue digging deeper into the Psalms. On Mondays, listen to the Confessional Corners as we are getting into the Catechisms this coming Monday looking at the basics of the faith once again. Because even in the basics, and sometimes especially in the study of the basics, do we find what we need to wrestle with the theology around us. Amen.